Hey, Mary. Hey, Katie. Hi. Did you know, I have a pirate fact for you, pirates wore earrings to commemorate their travels, prevent seasickness, flout stifling dress codes, which is cool, and pay for their own burials if on land. Oh. So the earring was not just an earring. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, I guess that talks about a lot of things that we're going to be talking about this episode. (laughs) Thank you so much for bringing that up. I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the Mac show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into Season 2, Episode 2, Red Flags, aka the one where Lucius, Ed, and Izzy are broken. And I'm broken, and you're broken, we're all yeah, broken. Yeah, we're, we're all broken. <laughs> I, I mean, this was almost like, I almost wrote it as like, the, aka the one that broke me. <laughs> but yes. like, maybe that's just a little too personal. <laughs> Again, I'm so glad that they gave us the third episode. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. Imagine, imagine if they did two a week and this was the episode we saw. I think maybe that is the exact reason why we got three episodes this week. They were like, we can't survive a week with this fandom (laughs) thinking that we killed Ed. (laughs) Honestly. Okay, so um, before we get started, general impressions on this episode. I mean, like, it's just, it's so, there's just so much trauma, like, and... So not only is it about trauma, but it's also about the choices that people make when they're undergoing trauma or like just Mm -hmm. stepping out of it, you know, and it just, it talks so much about the destructive behaviors that can come up in these moments and how, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it. (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble with my words, but that's basically my general impression of this episode like it it reminded me of of my own experience with trauma and my own self-destructive behaviors afterward and yeah i mean it's definitely this is a breaking point you know Mm. this is the the worst of the worst this is as bad as it gets kind of thing yeah Um, and as far as the the crew of the revenge the rest of them they're kind of in a holding pattern on susan's boat you know, they mm-hmm. learn about Lucius and everything, but like, uh, really, this whole this episode is about Ed reaching his breaking point. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, and Izzy <laughs> Finally. reaching and his Izzy. breaking point too. Oh God! <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know what to say. Yes. All right. Well, do you want to dive in? Yes, let's dive in. Quick note, everyone, that uh, this episode contains some really dark themes and there's some personal stories that have been drawn upon uh, from your hosts that might be a little bit triggering. So please uh, guard yourself and take a break if you need to. We start kind of innocuous. Steed's crew is sleeping amongst the crew of the Chinese ship, uh, except Steed is wide awake thinking of Ed and they kind of flash Mm, I really love that they flash back to like you wear fine things well. Um, yes, like it's just again the cinema cinematography is just so seamless. Like it just showed both 
it shows both of them like pining over each other and i i love that mm, mm-hmm. um i did i think i saw on twitter that they used someone said they used a different take yeah of, of this scene which shows the unreliable narrator that like did this you is go maybe back steve's pov i didn't I so didn't. i did um mm-hmm. i'm not sure that it's a different take oh okay but I will say, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, I'm just saying I'm not sure it's a different take, but I will say that it's edited a little bit differently. Oh, okay. And so we don't see as much of Ed's reaction to you wear fine things well, because that's the moment mm. where he also like leans in, right? As we remember, yeah. we had yeah. a long conversation about that, but we don't <laughs> yes. see that at all in that moment. So we're seeing Steed's point of view on, on that moment, whereas yeah. maybe before we were more of um. Uh, like a neutral observer because steed didn't see him lean in either no steed he didn't, didn't re- recognize that that's what was happening yeah so. exactly yeah. um okay so we cut to the revenge and ed is staring at the wedding topper of the groom and it seems to be dirty or even like maybe burnt on one side mm. And then he reveals that he also took the bride topper and decorated it, colored it to look like himself, to look like him rather than the bride that was shown. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's really going through it, huh? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so sad. Like, and there's also something that really moved me about Ed darkening the skin color of the bride Mm. cake topper and like changing the color of her hair to make her look more like him. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to like his own intersection of identity because like not only is he a queer man but he's also a queer indigenous man and nobody mm. makes cake toppers for people like him you know so it's um yeah there's something really moving about that of having to create your own representation right it's kind of like um when a kid with a very you know uh traditionally cultural name goes mm. to look for their name in like keychains at like yeah. the tourist shop and can't find it and just want to be represented yeah mm. ooh yeah and like there's some there's just something really cool about like especially the queerness of it that he's taking the traditional bride role in the you know and not he didn't shave it like whittle it to like have legs so it's not wearing a dress mm-hmm. like it's just okay that there's a dress you know yeah uh i just i love i love how they handle gender in this show yeah absolutely. i just love it mm-hmm. they do a really good job yeah he uh drops the toppers like there's a broken window pane in steed's stateroom <laughs> and uh he drops the the toppers out of there so i thought the toppers would be something like throughout the season or that steed would or would discover them later and apparently not they were very quickly dropped into the ocean like Lucius. Yeah, that happens really quickly. And it's so funny because that was so important as part of like the the marketing of the show to yeah. begin with. And like because like and we loved it. We ate it up, right? Like it was yeah. thing. we were like, oh my God, the cake toppers. And and, and they just they leave. Like we barely see I them know. for for like two and a half minutes and that's it. Um you know yeah. it, it did create delicious like uh tension for me that I'm like oh, don't do that you know like yes! oh, no. like we they made us fall in love with these cake toppers and then they're That's like right. and we're going to throw them away we're going to we're going to make you angry that Ed did this mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 for sure i see that that makes a lot of sense actually 
So uh, we cut back to the Chinese ship. Uh, Auntie is waking up the crew. Uh, Queen Jingyi Sao actually did command the Red Flag fleet. And Auntie is telling them they're on the Red Flag, which is uh, the ship's name, apparently. You know, I'm like, this... (laughs) This is really funny to me because I thought that it was just like a modern joke about figurative red flags in relationships. Which it is. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it was like that she really did command a fleet of red it. flags is... I love it. Uh, it. You know, it's really, really funny, but it's also like very cool. I read up on her a little bit after you told me about mm. that, like she she had been a real uh, historical figure and wow, someone uh-huh. absolutely fascinating, truly. Yeah. I also love the line, like, we have a specific way of doing things on this ship. Our way of life Mm. focuses on unity, cohesion, mutual support, and balance. Historically, men have a harder time fitting in here. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you think of, you know, the typical pirate ship that's just dirty and gross and uh i I have a point to make about the towels later but Mm -hmm. you know they have a whole crew of people do that does quote-unquote towels Mm -hmm. and uh actually have a whole thing about it later but uh it's just yeah it'll be in the third episode about towels We'll talk about towels we'll talk about towels yeah yeah we'll talk about towels but uh just you know they don't have they don't even know what towels are. They're like, what do you mean towels? <laughs> like, you don't have towels on a typical pirate ship, on a, you know, Anglo <laughs> Anglo pirate ship. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. No, it's true. And I mean, like, again, I think I think when they're saying, like, men have a harder time fitting in, this is like a, a comment on masculinity and typical mm-hmm. masculinity. And, um, and there's a reason they chose Steed. Yes. You know, they're not the typical pirates. They're not the typical men. Uh, Steed, Alawande. Buttons. Um, So, yes, Susan does reveal. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Zheng Yi and Susan interchangeably. They're the Mm -hmm. same person. But, yeah. She reveals that she's taking a chance on them since they don't usually have men on board except for one. And Auntie calls for Rat Boy. And it's Lucian. It's Lucian. But the I'm way that so I screamed scared. when I heard that, I was like, oh my God. When they <laughs> said him. Rat Boy, I knew it was Lucius, but I was like, wait, why did they call him Rat Boy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? We'll figure it out. Like for, I, I wasn't even thinking about that for the moment, but I was just so happy to see him back. Yes. Like, to see him back with his friends and with his crew. Like it was just kind of a... Like, we knew he was coming back, but oh, yeah. it was so good to see him. And Pete, like, and the crew stands oh. back at first and lets Pete have the moment, and Pete, like, tackles him. Yes. And it's so sweet. Um, so, oh, oh, makes me so emotional. Yeah. He was so happy. Wow, it was such a wonderful moment. <laughs> yeah. And then, they, and then they join in and they all, like, pile on. So, yeah. It was, you know, it was one of those moments where, like, Again, we had been thinking for a whole year of like what that moment was going to feel like as fans and like to see it happening on screen Mm -hmm. with so much like payoff was just like so satisfying for us, you know, like, I don't know, for me anyway, it was. Yeah, definitely. Auntie sees this and says, oh my God, men are so fucking emotional. (laughs) (laughs) I, I honestly think that Auntie is probably like one of my favorite characters this season so far. 
love I think her. So. She is so funny. And she I is so her. competent, too. Like, yes. oh, my God. So Lucius and Black Pete kiss. Pete is so happy. Um, they ask about his nickname, and he's evasive. And yeah. Steed wants to know what happens to him. And he lies and says he fell off the revenge. Um, which no one thinks is right. And, and Pete goes, you have excellent balance, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's clear in the acting that, that Lucius decided in that moment not to tell them yeah. about Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Like it was a choice. Cause he was like, you know what? Um, I fell, you know? Mm. And it's like, what, what made, what was the decision there? Like just looking at Steed in the face and knowing that just wasn't going to go over well and you would rather kind of have a private conversation about it or what? I, I, I might be projecting a lot when it comes to this episode. And so like, I might be completely off, but the way that I read it was that like, he just wasn't ready to talk about it in front of everybody, mm. like in those circumstances. And True. I, again, I think that speaks to like how, people aren't always ready to talk about traumatic experiences um, and that there's a time and a place for everything and that it's really up to the person to decide when that is. True. Yeah. Mm. Uh, So Auntie comes and assigns them jobs. Steed is assigned towels with Lucius. And then Auntie bows to Buttons and calls him Sea Witch. (laughs) (laughs) And he seems to kind of, acknowledge what she's talking about so he's not surprised (laughs) does he just right or is he that good on the uptake and knows that if someone's gonna call you a powerful being that you (laughs) pretend to be a powerful being like that's what you do (laughs) i mean listen um so buttons talks to birds he can predict weather pattern patterns he basks naked in moon glow like He's really in touch with the sea, you know, and I think I think that that in and of itself does make him a sea witch. So I'm like, that's fine. When he was on land and he was pining for the sea and and it may explain the rope where yeah. he was like trying to run <laughs> back drawn. to the sea. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like a, like a monster flame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. Moth lamp, no, no! Oh my god, <laughs> I was not thinking of that. <laughs> but no, I'm fascinated by what this means, what this entails. Like, is this just going to be a funny throwaway side thing, or is this going to like come back later and be this huge arc? Like, is he going to save them from this huge, you know, <laughs> huge yeah. thing? I'm yeah, fascinated. I also wonder about like, is there going to be any payoff about that? Yeah, um, yeah. But there's more coming and I have more thoughts. (laughs) Okay. So on the revenge, uh, Frenchie is looking for Blackbeard and he's cleaning up. Blackbeard's cleaning up and he's real chipper. It's Mm. like the day after and he's come to some conclusions. And he says, no more booze, no more drugs, and more importantly, no more Izzy because he believes him to be dead. Can we talk about that line? Because that is absolutely an unhinged line. Like, especially that they changed it in the fucking trailer. Okay, so there you go. From the trailer, I I really assumed that he was going to say no more Steed, but it's uh-huh. actually like no more Izzy. Yeah. And so for for like weeks, we thought that he was going to say no more, no more booze, no more drugs, and more importantly, no more Steed Bonnet. Like, that's what I thought he was yeah. going to say. But it's no more Izzy. And it's like, so in his mind, they are part of the same, or, or like... 
in the story what the show is presenting exactly thank you on a meta level they are a part of the same category Mm -hmm. oh i'm just flabbergasted that they changed that line for the trailer yes like wow (laughs) that that is unhinged Uh, behavior like i i could not but i had to go back and re-listen to it a couple of times because i'm like does he say no more izzy is that what he says and he does listeners he does he says no more izzy And in the um, trailer, I went back. I went back, watched the trailer, and it says "No more Steed." And there I you just, go. I was like, "Did he have to go do ADR for that, or did they find him saying Steed somewhere else and made it work?" But I'm, I am a, a voice person. I'm, you know, when I'm recording audiobooks, if I, I, and sometimes I interchange names, and then when I'm editing, I'm like, "Oh, that." that's the wrong name i can maybe find somewhere where i've used the correct inflection and mm-hmm. tone and everything and clip it but you know more often than not i have to go record it again Ooh. so like did they come in and be like hey taika you need to do some adr and you need to say this line you know with a different name like what? listen like either way <laughs> it was very intentional and i yes. love that about them like i love it <laughs> Oh, yes. This is the kind of subverting expectations that I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay. I like it. Mm. <laughs> also, I, I like we need to talk about how good Taika <gasps> looks in this scene because like I think the kids would say he's giving gender. Like I think mm, that that's how they the would hair. say it. But okay. Like this is what the, okay, listen. Taika is always an attractive person. Like the uh-huh right but like that hair yeah like I I was looking at him and I'm like I don't know if I'm attracted to you or if I want to look like Mm -hmm. you you know Mm -hmm. like there was this confusion in my head I was like I don't understand what I'm feeling right now when he's out of the of the quote-unquote blackbeard persona when um he was like he's he's soft he's like softer and i don't mean that in like as far as like his his physique and everything he does have a little bit of softness to him Mm -hmm. it's not like this ripped muscle cut you know he is he is a very normal thin person um but he does have some softness to him and i love when you see it and it's not masked yeah and right then it wasn't masked it was very you know his hair was like up in this little messy half updo thing and like mm-hmm. oh I just the really... little like strands of hair coming out yes. and the earrings and like oh my god it's when you try to make a messy bun and make it look like effortless and you really spend four hours on it yes. and then there's a person who has beautiful hair and they just throw it up in a messy bun and it looks immaculate and you're like right. yeah i want to be i want to have your hair please yeah basically <laughs> honestly same 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 give me that wig same. i want it <laughs> Like, it's making me want to get salt and pepper hair. Like, I'm not even kidding. I know. I know. <laughs> I've done that before where I'm like, maybe I should embrace my grays and just go like silver. And I'm like, no, it won't work well, for me. Well, <laughs> now look, look at how good you could look. You never know. <laughs> um, so Frenchie lies. Uh, he confirms that he killed Izzy. Um, we don't know yet that he hasn't yet, but very quickly we learn because he runs down into this like little hidden place that looks like it was in the galley yeah like a little hidden door maybe that storage room where black pete and um lucius were doing inventory 
Oh, inventory. Yes, yes. But I would like I would want to know, okay, so cutting back to that, if that is the room where Lucius and Black Pete were doing inventory, why didn't they go down to where a literal bed is in that little hidden spot? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, I maybe they just like to and I mean we John Honestly. was there. Maybe it was a thing. I don't know. Maybe they just like to show They like off. an audience. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Oh, the things we say. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> he does reveal that a very injured Izzy is screaming to be killed. Yeah. And then Archie and Jim are down there and they are discussing amputating his leg, which they do. Yeah. Like, I find that this is such a really good balance of comedy and horror because you've got like Izzy screaming like, kill me, you fucking cowards. Like... <laughs> And this is happening at the same time. So you can imagine, like, Izzy screaming this, and it's really funny, right? Uh, right. But this is happening at the same time as, like, they're discussing the manner in which they're going to cut off his leg. <sighs> uh, like, it's just, like, I don't quite understand how they managed to strike such a perfect balance so that it still right. remains a comedy while also being horrifying. Like, I don't understand yeah. how they did it. It's so I'm good. just sitting there going, no anesthesia, nothing. He can't have some rhino horn. Like, <laughs> give him something. Knock him out. To punch him in the face. Knock him out. <laughs> I mean, the reality is that the pain would take him out anyway, right? Like, true, he, true. It, it, like he is going to lose consciousness, and he does. But, like, yeah, it's oh, that's it's so bad. It's awful. All right, so we cut back to Steed. He's working in towels and telling everyone about Blackbeard. He's just kind of like ex-boyfriend my soon-to-be re-boyfriend yeah um we're all, we're just on a break yeah yeah he's using his crimes to map out where he might be so he has like this little map and i saw on twitter like he has a little doodle of like blackbeard oh, and he also has yes. like a poem yes he like wrote a poem about yeah. their love and like so he's like mapping out based on his crimes which was a very long long list mm. of crimes <laughs> a list of unhinged crimes as well because one of them is like unlicensed midwifery and i'm just i have questions <laughs> are you is is one not allowed to deliver a baby in an emergency anymore <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know what to say like i really don't know what to say uh, that's the thing i would love to find out what exactly happened there like and yes. it's just the yeah it. the the crimes are interesting there too yeah <laughs> like casual attire at a formal event you <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. That's a Jeff crime. Never. Jeff the accountant would never. Jeff could never. So Lucius pulls him aside and confronts Steed very angrily and reveals that Ed pushed him. And it's funny because Lucius blames Steed. He says, yeah. You broke him when you left, and then he broke me. He said, Everything that's happened to me since has been your fault, which unfair. Ed's yeah. actions are Ed's and Ed's alone. But. I think it shows how betrayed Lucius himself felt that Steed yeah. went back home. You know, he's like, you left all of us. You left him, yeah. you left us. And then your actions caused him to have actions. Like, I just, ugh, it's heartbreaking. And then everything that happened to Lucius since mm -hmm. has been Steed's fault in his mind. Mm-hmm. Listen, I fully agree with you that Ed's actions are his, and that is how it needs to remain. But I also think that it's important for Steve to understand that, like, his actions had consequences and have affected yeah. others as well. Because he was yeah. just, like, not having that last time we talked, right? And it was kind of like, um, 
Like it was something that I dis that displeased me. I was displeased <laughs> with our steed, with our favorite steed. And so like in that way, I think it's also a way to show how easy it can be for people to like misdirect their anger when they experience trauma. So mm -hmm. Lucius is blaming Steed. And I, in that way, I think it makes sense. Um, and it, it shows that he needs to process his trauma, that he hasn't done that yet. And that yeah. it needs to happen because right now he's just misdirecting his anger. Yeah. And I mean, our, the hallmark of Steed is that he remains delightfully obtuse. That's oh, what we yeah. loved about him in the first season, but it's also why we want to strangle him. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, delightfully exactly. obtuse, little starry eyed thinking that, oh, like he's reading those list of crimes too. At what point does that not give him pause? <laughs> I mean, again, if he's reading unlicensed midwifery, then maybe he's like, oh, this is not so bad. But like, I feel like the ones like murder, you know, are kind of important right. to see, look at. He, that's the thing is, just like we talked about last episode, when you're in the heat of it and you're like, oh, it's not that. I mean, look, they're having fun. It's no big deal. That's what pirates do. Mm. And then when you cut to their trauma and you're like, actually, that was really fucked up. Actually, like oh really actually that's pretty bad yeah. i mean it and as a fiction viewer you're watching it going okay whatever i'm down and then mm -hmm. you're like oh oh in reality i would feel really bad for those people <laughs> like, yeah absolutely oh, for sure <laughs> for sure oh my God. um so we cut back to auntie giving buttons a spell book with the ability to transmogrify which you know buttons would would become a bird no or i mean but i don't know the buttons I... is a mystery now <laughs> Buttons was always a mystery to me, so I'm glad that he's a mystery to you, too. Yeah. Maybe that's why he was roped up, because he's a bird. Oh, <laughs> Don't he's... fly away, Buttons. I mean, he talks to them, right? Like, Yes. Right. And, and honestly, I wouldn't put it past the show to actually do this, because uh, yeah. it, it sort of feels like they've, they're pointing us to Chekhov's gun. And mm -hmm. also, the spells are not written in English. Mm -hmm. but Buttons seems to understand them anyway. So, like, what is it? Does he read the language in which they're written? Love because them. we were told in season one that none of them could read English. Oh. And so, I, I anyway, I think this is, like, <laughs> hilarious and fascinating, and I'm so excited this. to see what happens with that. Even if it's nothing, like, it's just so funny. It's a bit of, like, levity in all of it that is. heaviness. It's, it's very much needed. Yeah, I yeah. really like that. Um, okay, so Frenchie is confronted by Ed and asks him, he asks him how he killed Izzy. And Frenchie gets real fidgety. I mean, you oh. can always tell when, when Frenchie's lying. Like, he's a survivor, yes. but he gets so squirrely. <laughs> um, and, of course, Blackbeard calls him on it and says, you think I wouldn't know the smell of my rotting former first mate? Which is interesting. Why did he say like, Okay. He's Why cut off he several like of his appendages. So, like, yeah. did he keep a toe and he knows what the smell is? Jesus Christ. That's, again, it's like, bleak. This, the balance between comedy and horror here is, like, yes. um, amazing. Uh, and I, yeah. I, I don't, I heard that line and I just couldn't believe that they'd written it that way. Like, and, and the delivery, like, everything about it is just beautiful well, and you can take it as absurd that he's just saying it to to be um ruthless or to strike fear in frenchie or it could actually be literal and he mm -hmm. says i'm following the damn smell i know what 
rotting Izzy smells like because yeah. he's been rotting before. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, my goodness. Also, I feel like this season, and like not that I disliked him before, but mm-hmm. I feel that I have such a stronger love for Frenchie. Oh, yeah. Like, I love him so much more this season. And again, not to say that I didn't like him before, but I just like, oh my God, like he's just taking such an enormous risk by lying to Ed here and he does it anyway. I just, I love him. He's a standout and he's standing out in this season more than he did last season. um, Probably because he's one of the just two that were left on the revenge with Ed. Yeah. Um, But he's made first mate. You know, yeah. that's really cool. Like, he was seen of someone of importance enough that he was next in line after Izzy. So, yeah, yeah I really like him. Archie and Jim are finished. They have, like, cloth up their nose because the smell was so bad. And, like, they're yeah. covered in blood. And Archie's like, why are we even doing this? And Jim's like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's our dick. <sighs> and Jim, like, it flashes to... The good old days, like when they're in that in that scene, that beautiful scene where they're all sitting on the deck and it's like arranged like a portrait. It's almost arranged like the last damn supper. Mm-hmm. And they're all sitting there. It's it's so beautiful. And it was it was when Izzy in season one was like sitting off to the side, like writing in his journal, in his diary. He's like, Dear diary, I hate Steve fucking Bonnet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's such a peaceful scene you know and it, like, it feels like a renaissance hour. painting it did it did like it was gorgeous and so jim is really reminiscing about the wonderful good old days on the ship which include izzy which is really cool they do include izzy right yeah. and it's like the fact that frenchie archie and jim are ready to like risk their lives to help izzy like it's really showing me that even though there were tensions with Izzy in season one, the tensions were more like, like, you know, he's the big brother who's bossing Mm. them around than Mm -hmm. like an abusing superior officer. Like there's genuine love in the way that they're caring for him here. Like when he's literally begging them to kill him, you know? And so I don't know, again, like I feel like season one is being entirely recontextualized for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was supposed to be like the big bad of the season, you know, like he was the secondary villain where he betrayed them. He was the Mm -hmm. Judas, speaking of the Last Supper, like, yeah, he was the one that betrayed them to the English and stuff like that. But like, they can't help but remember the good times that they had because they're a family, you know, like, uh, I just, oh, it's so cool. So at this point, this is when Archie kisses Jim. And then pulls back and says, you have hope. It's cute. (laughs) Which is, I'm sure, few and far between on a pirate ship. I'm sure. Especially one like this. Yeah. And Archie says that she likes the wooden demon boy story. (laughs) (laughs) One that's thirsting for life. (laughs) Flesh! I have been made flesh! (laughs) So Jim kisses her again in the least romantic spot ever. I couldn't... I couldn't get into the scene because the things up their noses. I was like, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> they're covered in gore. Yeah. And they have these things up their noses because the smell is so bad, which my family makes fun of me because I cannot handle bad smells. Oh. Like, we, if we're like driving somewhere and uh, I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and there's a section of of the city called Butchertown for mm. a reason. It's where the slaughterhouses are. And in the summer, 
You can smell them very viscerally. And if I drive through Butchertown, I have my shirt up on my nose. I'm breathing in the scent of my laundry (laughs) instead of. And like my family's like, I mean, yeah, it smells bad, but like you're being very dramatic about it. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) I'm very sensitive to smells. So you wouldn't be handling the rotting Izzy smell very well. (laughs) No, that's a nightmare. Like, absolutely not. So yeah, I, I guess for me, I'm particularly sensitive to it. So the fact that they had these things up their noses, I was like, oh my God, don't kiss. Oh my God, it's so disgusting in that room. Don't do that. (laughs) I think it's also, honestly, like I totally get it. And I think that that was the goal, like to to make it look like (laughs) awkward, right? Like to to make that, to make people feel that tension. But also I think like in times of war and destruction and conflict, like people will find love. uh, True no matter what form that takes. And uh, I think that this kind of shows that as well. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, So Blackbeard shows up and uh, Jim is very angry and reminds Blackbeard that Izzy was his friend. Mm -hmm. And I think Blackbeard seeing Jim and Archie being romantic is kind of the cherry on top of his broken psyche. Like, don't flaunt happiness in front of me I'm I'm unlovable and you are you can find love anywhere right yeah right and it's like it's it's an affront a direct affront to him yes yeah so on the red flag this is the cutest scene uh Susan is having all the one day do filing and he's really bad at it he's he's they have like scrolls right and they're doing it by weight (laughs) he's doing it by weight (laughs) and auntie is about to lose her mind listen i understand auntie in this moment so much and (laughs) alu has such like major himbo boyfriend vibes here (laughs) it's like oh he's so handsome (laughs) yeah isn't he cute look at him (laughs) look at him he's so handsome it's so funny to me because alu is usually the competent one I mean, Alu is usually very emotionally intelligent, but then I went back and I'm like, how often is it him that like takes, that's usually up to like, uh, that was usually up to Lucius to be like the firing, the organizing and stuff. And I, I, again, I kind of thought back about season one and I'm like, when is it that Alu is like, uh, um, logical, like very logical thinking you know, like filing, for mm-hmm. example, like we never see him do something like that. True, true. That's definitely not his element. Right. And yeah. so it's like, mm-hmm. again, when you put somebody who's just like not used to doing something and ask them to do it, of course, you're going to get that kind of result. And it's very cute because it's all ooh. but it's also so not setting him up for success, you know? Sure, sure. She just wants him close. Like, yes. she's like, oh, I could give him something that he'd be really good at, but I just want him in my office with me. So here 100%. you do the violin. Yeah. And he, he's, his face is so cute. Like, he has such oh. a lovable face. Like, yeah. I just love him. Yeah. And he just, he's so proud of himself (laughs) um so they have this huge map board and and auntie has put ships um in different places and also on land which comes back later um and alu is like oh i just cleaned that for you i cleaned it up for you oh jesus (laughs) and she loses her mind because she's like each one of these was controlled by the weather and the current and the like, oh God, he's like, oh, sorry. 
Yeah. Again, like they're, they're not setting him up for success if they're not telling him what's important. So I will say that. Right. Um, and, and, and she's so mad that she does pull a knife on him and like, much like Izzy and Auntie, I also admire competence in people. And mm-hmm. Olu, in this particular instance, is not competent. Right. And like I said, through no fault of his own. Uh, but I, I really understand Auntie right now. <laughs> and Susan is like, whatever, it's fine. Isn't he cute? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah um and she pulls she gets him out of there like auntie she's like here you you fix your board and we'll go take a walk and she's talking to alawande and um she says you're calm and you're smart and so i like that she's not holding it against him that like this with the scroll thing yeah but she's very enamored by him and all of this is very true he is very calm and he's smart like he's shown his calmness is very um central to him you know he's talked to steed a lot he's counseled steed a lot and it's he's very calm she said that she liked when he visited the soup stand and that was the break she he was the break in her day which is so i really like them together yeah (sighs) i really like what i like the most here is that like susan seems to like openly and verbally appreciate alu in a way that Mm. We didn't really see Jim appreciate him. And yeah. I, I love that for Alu because he deserves to feel courted, you know? Like, you can yeah. tell that he's enjoying that moment to be told that, like, oh, I like you. I just like your presence. I like you for who you are. And it's just, like, he deserves that. And I love that for him. And Susan, Susan putting him in her office, like, he's going to be privy to the inner workings yeah. of... Uh, and maybe secrets of of her operation and you remember in season one uh alu's biggest sticking point with with jim was the secrets that they kept yeah exactly you know and it was a and he felt very um wrong-footed and untrusted Mm -hmm. because jim wouldn't reveal to them secrets they were like you know he was like you i'm your family and you're not going to tell me you know these things that are going to put me in danger too Mm-hmm. You know, if I walk into a situation and you're going to put me in danger because you're keeping secrets from me. And then Susan is just kind of opening up her entire office to him, which he can't read the scrolls anyway. But, you know. But it's the gesture that counts in this moment. Yeah. And I, that, I think that's such a good observation because Jim never like I don't think that Jim at the moment that he that they were on the ship with Alu, like they didn't really have the capacity to let Alu in, right? Right. Because of their own ongoing trauma. Right. And so they kept Alu at arm's length for a very long time. And like you said, Susan doesn't do that. And I, I just, yeah. again, I love that for him. I love that for Alu. I do too. I really, I really like them together. I think they're the cutest little couple. Mm. Um, let's see. So Roach is eating um, some soup. And is freaking out. And he says, we eat, but how often do we taste? I love Roach. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, I do too. So they're all eating soup except for Lucius, who's smoking. And uh, Black Pete is surprised that he smokes. Anything Steed says, Lucius wants to murder him. And he's, like, really snippy and, and anything. Like, it's really cute because, like, Pete will say something, Lucius will say something, and then Steed will, like, basically say what Lucius said and he just snaps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he's mad. 
Oh, he's very angry. And um, so Black Pete calls him my spicy little rat boy and Lucius mm. explodes. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So over the last couple of days, I've had a lot of conversations on Twitter about soup and what it means mm-hmm. on the show. Because like in episode one, there's the soup kiosk. And then in this episode, they're having you know, they're raving about the soup. And then there's Mm going to be a little bit more soup in episode three, which we're going to talk about when we get there. And so like, it's very present so far in the three episodes that are out now. And like, when I think of soup, I think of something that's like warm and comforting and restorative, like something, yeah, something that you're having when you have a cold or when you're unwell or like when you just need to feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the conclusion that I think I've reached like through these conversations is that soup is meant to represent healing, both physical and emotional. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Lucius isn't having soup. He's smoking instead. So he is Mm -hmm. not ready to heal. Um, He's still in like the destructive phase of, of, of his trauma. Like he's smoking, he's snapping at Pete. uh, He's Mm -hmm. angry at Steed. We're going to see more of that. But yeah, like, I I think that that's how I'm choosing to interpret this moment. Definitely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. There was a lot of talk about soup in the last few days on Twitter. (laughs) And not to mention, like, them dropping it right when it's starting to get a little chilly around here. I'm like, oh, soup. (laughs) Soup I had soup for lunch, actually. (laughs) Specifically, because I was like, I need soup. (laughs) Um, So we cut back to the revenge and Blackbeard wakes up Izzy. And uh, so Blackbeard pulls out a gun and says he's come to say a proper goodbye. And he forces Izzy to hold the gun. Uh, you know, at first you're like, oh, okay, is he going to shoot him? Is he gonna, what, What's happening? He said that he had a dream and that Izzy killed him last night. And mm-hmm. so he kind of like tells Izzy to do it. And uh, Izzy kind of holds the gun and points it at Ed but then he starts like laughing maniacally and he goes, Ooh, are you scared? Eddie he calls him Eddie, which was very interesting yeah. to me because he always called him Edward. Yeah. Um, he called it, I said, Eddie too scared to do it yourself. Go on, clean up your own fucking mess. I'm not doing it. I've been doing it my entire life. Yeah. And Blackbeard is actually disappointed and tells him to fuck off. And, uh, as he closes the door, we hear a shot which is to imply and kind of you hear like a shot and then like a, you know, like something Mm -hmm. slumping, Um, but definitely to imply that Izzy has shot himself and ended his life. And uh, Blackbeard says where no one can hear. um, I loved you best I could. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Um, this is like what started the watershed for me. <laughs> uh-huh. um, when I was watching, you know, like I watched episode one and I was so psyched and then got to episode two and then it gets like, you know, like half of the episode is like still kind of dark, but like still really funny. And then this scene like really, really got me. Um, so I think that we could probably talk about this scene for an entire episode and maybe maybe we should uh, or could mm-hmm. at some point once we're done covering like the regular episodes because like yeah. clean up your own fucking mess I'm not doing it been doing it my entire fucking life like is that what Izzy thought he was doing when he was offering to kill Steed or when he yeah. sold 
steed out to the English? Like, did he think he was cleaning up a mess that Ed had made? Like, mm -hmm. honestly, like, yeah. Like I said, like the, these episodes have been recontextualizing season one for me quite a lot. And I was already yeah. very sympathetic to EZ, but in this case, like, I, it's just, it gets like, like I have so much sympathy for him. Um, and I'm also really touched by him refusing to let Ed take more of him, like more pieces of him yeah. by refusing to shoot him. Like, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so emotional, but like, I'm just so proud of him. Yeah. Uh, and also no, the fact that he sense. never got to hear Ed say that he loved him. Like that one really, really hurt me. That was tough. Mm. That was really tough. Like, uh, like, I think we could spend a whole episode on best I could. Good Lord. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but I... I yeah. Yeah, so like we were talking about in last episode where Izzy has just cut off pieces of himself and pieces of he of his humanity to try to shape himself into the person that Ed wanted him to be. Um and it was never good enough and I've I've felt that feeling before where you try mm -hmm. so hard and the person you love more than anything looks at you as if you never even tried in the first place and you just slump and you're just like Oh my God, it's never enough. It's never mm -hmm. enough. I'm never going to be the person that you want me to be. Yeah. And, you know, him saying, clean up your own mess. I thought it was really interesting juxtaposition from um, him actually cleaning up his mess, uh, saying, oh, I had a rough night last night. No more booze, mm -hmm. no more drinks. Like he was actually picking up after himself. Um, so I don't know if, if he did intend, if he did intend to like turn over a new leaf and this just redirected him. You know what I, I mean? Like either. there were many, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't sure what the chipper scene was about because he was absolutely insane, um, threatened to shoot people, shot Izzy, mm. and then woke up and said, I'm going to have a better day and then drove him into a storm. So it's like he was a very, it, it was the calm before the storm. Was it he had the best intentions and he couldn't keep it up for longer than five minutes? Like, I'm I'm so fascinated as to like the turn of events where he it was a very dark traumatic thing, and then there was a little bit of lightness where you think oh maybe he's getting mm. better like maybe he's turning a leaf and or, or maybe this is a bipolar thing maybe you know it's a manic episode for you know I don't know it was interesting to me um I think though anytime the death of Izzy would fuck him up well, of course in, I mean it does. Core. It does. Right, right. Right? Like, no matter what, if he did it, if Izzy did it himself, if someone else did it, like, it, <sighs> Izzy dying would fuck him to his core. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I, and he, he loses it. He absolutely mm -hmm. loses it and said, I loved you best I could. I know, man. Like, it's, <sighs> uh, in terms of, like, the cleaning up, I saw it as, like, I think we're going to need to put a trigger warning on this episode. Um, okay. Just because we're talking about suicide, but like um, sure. how uh, folks who have a plan to end their life will sometimes um, oh, yeah. give away their belongings and call people to tell them they love them. Um, and clean up after themselves so the people clean up that after find it later. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of how I saw that moment uh, because it was clear to me that that was ed's plan like he the first at first he tries to get izzy to kill him and then he gets once he realizes that izzy 
or I think because I think the way that he sees it is that he do, he thinks that Izzy doesn't love him enough to kill him or doesn't yeah. love him anymore. And so he refuses to kill him to do him that kindness, quote unquote. And so he turns to the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so Frenchie is expecting to get killed. Uh, Blackbeard says he's actually happy that he got closure with Izzy. Um, Which is, again, (laughs) such a an unhinged line, because like that indicates a breakup, because when do you need closure? You need closure Mm -hmm. after a breakup. And like, what was the closure? I loved you best I could. Like, that's what he had to realize. Like he had to he literally had to think that Izzy was dead in order to say the words, I loved you best I could. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he, wanted, you know, he got to say goodbye rather than Frenchie doing it. He's finally mm. thinking that he was going to do it himself, even though he never could. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he tells Frenchie to take the day off. He's he's very, like, serene, which is even more eerie. Um, yeah. And he takes the wheel, and you see that he's steering them directly into a huge storm yeah yeah exactly like he's like okay so steed doesn't love me izzy won't love me the way i need him to i've lost them both at this point steed is gone and izzy is dead i might as well die and take everybody with me like it's very murder suicide of him what does that say about his feelings for izzy that that was the only thing keeping him alive and once izzy died listen done yeah absolutely done like he as far as we know, he didn't attempt suicide or attempt to kill, kill the crew, mm. you know. Yeah. Before now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So Lucius and Steed finally have it out. Steed's trying to get him to talk to Pete because he snapped at Pete about the spicy little rat boy <laughs> line. Yeah. Um, or mm-hmm. him. He's like, or you can talk to me. And um, Lucius, like very angrily lays out what he had to do to survive Mm -hmm. um he's like you know when you get tossed overboard you know when you're on the sea you have to learn how to survive and he said he was passed from ship to ship which was he was he an indentured servant was he sold i i don't know but um he tells a terrible story about a a dog a rat terrier and i'm assuming rat terrier is very literal that the terrier was forced was chasing rats because once they ate the dog then lucius was forced to chase rats and catch them with his teeth hence the name rat boy Mm. um steed gets very like oh i've heard enough this is enough and uh he keeps going he's like there was a game called the human puppet steed the head where where you think (laughs) i mean it's it's played for laughs it is a funny you know it's like it gets more and more um more and more uh, absurd he talks Mm -hmm. about like a little man that died in his arms and stuff like that and the way it's delivered is is funny but like he's so traumatized this man is so traumatized of course of course and i think this is like the first instance of me hearing a joke about sexual assault that like i that like actually lands with me in the sense that like it everything everything is fair play on on this show and it's still done with love it Um, is yeah and so again if you forget that this is a comedy that like the words that are being said like it could be part of a horror show yeah like it's it's yeah yeah 
Yeah, like you said, the the sexual violence of it, you know, saying the hand where, went where you think. Uh, I think since we are dealing with some openly queer people that it's not um it's not derisive you know mm-hmm. it's it it was definitely not consensual so yeah it is a horror show this is a trauma yeah. this is an assault of but course. it's not the act itself mm-hmm. you know it's it's that it was done non-consensually so yeah. yeah there you go back on the revenge it's clear that blackbeard is completely lost it um they confront him on the deck in the middle of the storm he's like pushing this cannon um into position and he reveals that he's gotten rid of the wheel and he's going to fire a cannon into the mast um mm. because most most intact ships can't handle a storm like this but definitely not one without a mast without a mainsail so jim asks what he wants and calls him a pile of shit in spanish i had to go um translate that <laughs> yeah yeah i was like what what's jim saying <laughs> one of the beautiful things about being a french speaker is that you understand like <gasps> those words in spanish you're yeah. like oh yes i know exactly what this means <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah and Blackbeard reveals that um he wants jim to fight archie to the death yeah. and this is where i met i connected like oh seeing them kiss pissed them off pissed him off he's like no 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 you all can't be a happy couple one of you has to die um, and Archie goes, that's a bit misogynistic, man. <laughs> I thought that, that was so good. I was like, how did they manage to make me laugh in these moments? Like, this, like this, this should not be allowed. This should be illegal. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sending you my therapy bill. Yeah. Archie goes for a punch anyway, kind of seeing it as inevitable. Like, oh, well, one of us is going to have to die. Like, again, yeah. Archie's one of the characters that have very much... Uh, unfazed by a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff so it's like well i'll die you'll die one of us will die it'll be over let's just get it over with no sense of arguing about it yeah exactly well i think again it's because archie is probably like archie hasn't known what the ship is like with steed and so she mm, hasn't really yeah. known like what it feels like to be part of something the way that the yeah. others do and so i think she's just like yeah whatever like let's just get it over with um, but again, forgetting that this is a comedy for a second, like this could be, this could easily be a criminal minds episode. Like mm-hmm. to me, like the, again, this is very clearly a suicide because like he didn't want or he, like he couldn't do it himself. So he's behaving in a way that he knows is going to result in mutiny. Like he tried to mm-hmm. get Izzy to do it for him, um, but he didn't. And so now he's turning to the crew and like, I think like, and that's on a very literal level, on a more metaphorical level, like this is also him literally pushing everyone who loves him away from him Mm -hmm. so that like his negative thoughts about himself can be proved right. Like he thinks he's unlovable. And so he's going to behave in a way that's going to make it impossible for people around him to love him without getting hurt, or in this case, dying. And this is Again, like you see that often with people who have undergone like severe trauma. Right. Yeah. Like it's textbook abandonment issues. It's like right. I opened myself up and thought was someone someone was going to love me for me. Steed yeah. was going to love me for me and mm-hmm. they left. Um, so now I'm going to make it impossible for people to stay because now when they leave, it'll be my doing. It'll be my agency, not something that's done to me. Exactly. I'm not the victim here. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be the perpetrator than the victim. And so I'm going to push you away and make it impossible for you to stay. And so I can say, yeah, I did that. But what mm-hmm. it creates is so much self-loathing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a really dumb story about that. Um, I was <laughs> oh, young. 
<laughs> I might cut this out, but I was very young and I had a guy I was dating and I just wasn't feeling it. And I was just like, you know, he's not done anything wrong. I just not into it. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to be an asshole and break up with him. And he's going to ask me why. And I'm not going to give him, be able to give him a good reason. And so I just started treating him really poorly. Mm. And I'm not proud of this at all. Like I was very young. I was 18. And I started treating him very poorly and he was, he was uh, prone to depression and, you know, kind of a morose person. And finally he was like, you know what? I'm breaking up with you. And I'm like, oh no. Okay. And like a week later, he calls me back. He's like, I'm so sorry. I should have never broken up with you. And I'm like, no, no, no. It was a good choice. And he's like, I'm so stupid. I'm the worst person Aww. in the world. I'm the worst decision I've ever made. And he put it all on himself. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, oh, I should no. have just let him hate me. I should have just broken up with him and been a bitch by breaking up with him. And he could hate me all he wanted. Instead, I made him hate himself. Oh, and it's like, why? Why did I do? <laughs> but there, but I think, I think that you're touching on something that's like really important here. Right? When you're like, why did I do that? Like yeah. sometimes we do things that are just like that don't make sense to us after. Yeah, and yeah. like they make sense in the moment because we're trying to survive for whatever reason. But like, yeah, they don't always make sense afterwards. And I think I know that this is one of those cases here where he's doing things that later might not make sense to him. Right. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think they make sense to him later. Um, I think we'll find that out. So we go back and Lucius uh, tells Steed that he talked to Pete. Uh, Lucius seems to be a lot happier that he got it off his chest and um, gives some, our truth tellers back. He gives yeah. some uh, sage advice to Steed saying mm -hmm. um, he should really look at those crimes that Blackbeard has committed and he says, maybe the time he spent with you is the best it's ever going to get for him. Some people are just broken, no matter what you do. I guess I just don't know how I feel about the implications of that. True. Yeah. I, I, and, it, and it's not that I disagree with what he's saying or that it's not the truth. I, but I do think that the line touches upon like the central question of those first three episodes. Like, can people heal? Can broken people be whole again? Like, because I do agree that putting yourself back together is something that has to happen from within, right? At the mm -hmm. same time, yeah. we've talked so much last episode about Izzy losing parts of himself for Ed. And then we talked about the Swede finding parts of himself through Jackie. So yeah. other people really do have a role to play in how you break, but also how you can heal yourself. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I think... I think that the current, like, discourse of, like, you know, you are alone, blah, 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 you need to do this for yourself, which I get, I understand, like, it has to come from within, but, like, yeah. like we're human beings, we need community, we need people who love us, we need ties mm -hmm. to this earth, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. So, again, like, this is making me very emotional, like, oh. <laughs> And it might be Lucius's truth, like from 100%. Lucius's experience, yeah. you know, some people are just bad and you need to cut them loose. But also like some people are broken, right? But does that mean that they can't heal? Right. 
And, and again, like not saying that, like, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I think those two lines need to live together in the sense that some people are broken and there's nothing you can do about it, but you Mm -hmm. can still be there with them while they're broken. So long as they're not hurting you actively. Right. Yeah. I really like to think when he said, maybe the time he spent with you is the best it's ever going to get for him. Like, it's just like this golden time where he was happy. He was laughing. They were doing silly little things and going on silly Mm. little adventures and no one was, you know, hurting and, you know, yeah, I just, when they decided to become co-captains and it was just chill like, yeah, for a exactly. half a minute <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm like longing for season one silliness I right now <laughs> i know um so back on the revenge jim has the upper hand but refuses to end archie's life even though archie says it's okay and tells archie like no blackbeard's just gonna fire the cannon into the mast anyway no matter what and uh ed goes yeah i was i was <laughs> like he's just okay. like yeah <sighs> Again, like the way that Taika delivers that line, like is uh-huh. devastating because he says yeah. the first I was as like an acknowledgement of what Jim is saying, you know, but then the second one is like filled with shame and disgust yeah. for himself and sadness. Yeah. It's like, again, he knows, like he understands that there's something that he's doing that like, it's not what he wants to be doing, but he can't help himself right now. Yeah, He's like, this is. I have to end this. This is yeah. how I have to end things. Yeah. The storm is about to capsize the boat and he's about to light the cannon when he's shot by Izzy. I like full on cried when I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that he's standing with his missing leg, like it's just it's just such a beautiful answer to the question of like, can broken people be whole again? Like mm-hmm. Izzy is literally and physically broken, but like with the help of his community, he's able to start making himself whole. Like, and, and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, well, and like, imagine like, all right. So yeah, all of the crews involved, but there's actually other crew members that aren't named. There's like some red shirts in the background. Yes. And then like, imagine being, <laughs> being one of those guys that is just watching this shit happening like you shot him yesterday now he's shooting you what the fuck's going on on this fucking ship god damn can't take it I know I was thinking about that I'm like it's so funny to me that like these like red shirts like you're calling them are just like yeah. there right it's like what do you all think about this what's, exactly. what's your opinion <laughs> I want a like confession cab of the <laughs> speaking of uh candid what was that below deck below deck <laughs> yeah. get, I want to know <laughs> that old guy sitting on the steps like I don't fucking know what's going on what the hell <laughs> I was promised treasure and pillaging yes. <laughs> and I get board. this tragedy <laughs> I love it All right, so it's revealed that Izzy did try to shoot himself. Like, he tried to end his life. Um, And and the fact that he is still alive doesn't change the fact that he was done. He was ready to die. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, like, glanced off his head. And uh, Ed says, you indestructible little fucker. Which I think there's some admiration there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know? Uh, So Fang tackles Blackbeard. And again, like, I just love that 
Izzy is the one who gave the crew the wherewithal yes. to mutiny. Like there were signs before, right? With the with Archie, Jim, and Frenchie helping Izzy, and Jim mm. refusing to kill Archie. So there were signs, like there was that spark. But Izzy yeah. is the one to really ignite it. Like it, it's like if Izzy can do this, then we mm. can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like a montage. Um where it's cutting some rapid cuts and um, it's revealed that uh, Jingyi is having people pull ships from the land. So her crew is like pulling these Asian ships from land. And I don't know what's going on there. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. 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 Like, well, why were they on land in the first place? Like, were they being built? But obviously like the map, because Alu had said like, oh, there were even ships sitting on the land part. That's weird. So like, were these old ships that were hidden there for reasons and like Susan's ultimate plan is to like take over the entire seas all the seas you know like Maybe. I don't know I don't know either yeah um so we cut back and Jim is holding the cannonball and seems to uh drop it on or throw it onto um Ed's head um tries to smash his head in apparently yeah and as they are just about to do it Ed like takes a breath and goes, ah, finally. Oof. Like, so this is, this was the ultimate goal all along, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. So then uh, that's credits. And then there's a post-credit scene where <laughs> it, I love the post-credit scenes. It is just little levity. <laughs> it's some like, oh, we couldn't fit it all in. You know, this yeah. is something cute. So Auntie has uh, reassembled the board and said, Alu can't come near the board. And so Alu comes in and kind of rescues Susan from Auntie, and they're just so cute together. I just love them. Yeah. That was good. I'm exhausted having talked about this episode. (laughs) Hey, we're only Uh, at 109, though. I know. How did we do that? I don't know. The next (laughs) one is not going to be that. I'm telling you right away. Like, I took way too many notes. Um, Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like this episode, um, like the tone really changes from what yeah. we've seen in season one at this point. Like it becomes something so much darker and yeah. still so amazing. Like, I don't know. I'm not usually into angst, but like this is good. Like, oh, yeah, it's, really good. it's really good. It's when you trust the creators and you know yeah. they're going to make it better. And it's like. No, we're, we're going to fix it. Let us break it. We'll fix it. Don't worry. And I think yeah. that's the thing because I, like, at this point, like, I was thinking about that last night as I was crying in my bed. <laughs> <thinking about this. laughs> I was like, I, I think that if this was any other show, I wouldn't be able to watch it. I would have to yeah. wait until all the episodes are out and know how it ends before I could watch it. Yeah. But I'm I'm really along for the ride because I trust the creators and I haven't done that in a really long time. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, no. <laughs> I think there was a um an article that it was an interview with David Jenkins and he kind mm-hmm. of specifically mentions like the the trust that has been given to them and like how it he didn't realize how burned yeah. audience members had been before, how the queer community has been so uh, toyed with by other mm-hmm. creators and uh just him even acknowledging that yeah. 
yeah. is so beautiful and it's like okay i will follow you to the ends of the earth what are you doing next <laughs> like, we are we are puppy dogs we are yours to command yeah, now like definitely. this is how this is how you create lifelong you know um bonds with people mm-hmm. is saying i see the pain that others have put you through and i'm not going to do that to you and it's just oh it's so beautiful it's beautiful so yeah i trust them to make it make it better i hope so i really hope so any more final thoughts uh no <laughs> no thoughts no. just vibes Let's go on to the next one <laughs> yep <laughs> sorry all right Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you find on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Gentleman Pirates. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. And we'll be back with our coverage of book 13. (laughs) 